Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. I want to take a few moments. I want to speak about renewing your hope and how we can have renewed hope. I think we've been experiencing that this morning through our worship, through the various prayers that people have prayed, the prophetic word, the words that Annette has shared, that Steve, as he worshiped leading this morning and read from the psalm, hope has come up as a theme this morning. And um, I, I have to say that... Um, so I'd like somebody to find lament. I'm, I'm not going to read. I'm going to ask someone to read this for me on behalf of. So someone this morning, if you can find Lamentations chapter three, verse twenty-one to twenty-three, and uh, we'll get the microphone to you. And I'd like somebody to read that for us in a minute. That'd be great if you could just get that Lamentations chapter three, verses twenty-one to twenty-three, and uh, we'll read that in a moment or two. So someone that you feel. Brave enough, you'll stand up and read that or sit down and read it. And we'll bring a microphone to you. That'll be fantastic. We'll do that in a moment. But um, yeah, so we're going to speak on, can speak on renewing our hope and renewed hope. And really, this is, um, wasn't planned. My plan was to continue through this, the theme that we're looking at in, in, the book of, in Joseph, in the book of Genesis. And I introduced the theme a few weeks back. Um, on the theme of Joseph, and we're going to do this journey together. But a number of, on a number of occasions, so for the last two years, we've been running a boiler room prayer, which is an early morning prayer from 7 till 8. It's based here at Bourne House. And people have faithfully come and gone during the, during the 7 till 8 o'clock time in a, on a, a Tuesday morning. And we've been doing that as we started to come out of the pandemic. And in that boiler room prayer, um, over the last couple of months, there's a number of verses and words that have come to me that we've shared and we've really prayed over and we've soaked in prayer. And Lamentations is one of those. And I, I felt I wanted to speak on it and speak, speak it into life over us as a church. We've prayed over it. We saturated it with, a, with prayer this week. And we were praying for you and people were praying for you and our town and uh, we're thinking of people in our church and in our community. So we've been, we saturated this with prayer. And so I just want to just share. share. So it's not really... Yeah, it's come out of a prayer gathering, okay? And so I've done this a couple of times, and I was sharing this with a Christian friend of mine. He said, oh, Adrian, just do it. Go for it, because if God's given you something fresh, then just do it. But a couple of weeks back, I spoke on a theme of fresh fire. That came out of our boiler room prayer morning. Um, and then I, 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 uh, a couple of weeks after that, this is a couple of months ago maybe, and then I shared a, a, the theme of certainty in uncertain times. That came out of a boiler room prayer morning us praying, just seeking God, the face of God, and the prophetic words that were coming out of that were quite amazing. And so what I want to share today has come out of a similar encounter as different people were praying and speaking, and we felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and started to lay hold of these, some of these things, praying for the life of people. So that's, so, so that's where I've gone. So it's not that I've given up on Joseph. I haven't. There's a plan, but I'm interrupting it again. And, uh, you know, I'd make no apology for that. It, I just feel it's just the, the right thing to do. So thank you. So if somebody could read uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 23, if you'd indicate who wants to read that. Mark. Right, I'll come down here. 
and bring a microphone so we can all hear it. But this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed, because his tender compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Thank you. So the context of that reading, if I just may set that just for a moment or two, the background to, to those verses, they come from the book of Lamentations. Now, if you do something like read through the Bible in a year, you'll come to the book of Lamentations. And then you'll say to yourself, why am I reading this book? Because it's a lament. You, at first set, you think, gosh, this, it, this is hard work because it, doesn't, it seems very bleak. And it is bleak. But as we've been singing this morning, in darkness, there can be flickers of light and hope. And Annette picked up on that. Pastor Annette picked up on that this morning. And Lamentations, the book of Lamentations is like that. Most Bible scholars seem to believe, uh, they would share, that it was Jeremiah that penned the, the book of Lamentations. And it comes at a time, not everyone believes that, but there's a train of thought that says it's Jeremiah. Others would say there's a number of other writers because of the style of poetry. And the book of Lamentations is a, is a lament. It's a lament over the fall of Jerusalem, of the destruction of the southern kingdom of Judah, of the destruction of Jerusalem, and then the people of Israel being taken into Babylonian captivity. And so at the time of this, these Verses of great hope and great light, they come into a context, a background of bleak, hopeless, grief-stricken. It's a very dark time. And when Jeremiah is recalling God's great mercy and his hope and in being renewed in renewing every morning and every day, it comes in the midst of abandonment, utter grief. Where are you, God? And what would happen to Israel, the, the Israelite people, was would be that they would spend something within another, it would be another 50 years before they'd come back from Babylonian captivity. A Persian king would then release them to come back some 50 years later. So there was a bleak period of 50 years. You know, they're saying that the, the next few years is a bleak time in our country economically. Israel had 50 years of grief and abandonment. Now, if you're grief-stricken and your heart, and this morning you're worried... You know, what do you do in the midst of that? You know, we're good at church. We're good at, at, at and I think, you know, this morning we've been praying over that and, and worshipping, haven't we? In the midst of darkness, there's flickers of light. But when you're, when you're hurt, when you're bruised, when you feel abandoned, you can't feel God. It, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't feel like that. And so it, it's that, that I want to give justice to, those feelings this morning. And, uh, and you may feel this morning, you know, uh, you know, it'd be a bleak time. You might think that the news, is all it is, is bleak. And it, it, it can give you a sense of worry, a, a sense of concern, an under angst. And, and maybe hot times are hard. Maybe in your work, and I don't know. Maybe you've got a smart meter at home and you can see the, 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 the thing whirling round and it going higher and higher and higher. And, you, know, this, you know, I don't know what it might be that you've got, but that whatever it might be that's going on, God is still here. God is there. So there's something for you and me today. There's something here for you and me today in these few uh, verses that we have before us. And they'll, 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 they'll come up on screen there, the verses, the words that Mark uh, read. They are flickers of light 
in a very dark... I've read through Lamentations quite a few times over the years as I've gone through the Bible in the year. And, and you come, and I've come to this. But this book is there because it says, what do you do with your grief? You say, well, God's not there. But he is still there. And Lamentations allows you to be grief-stricken and still be a believer. All right? Yeah. You can, you can be a, feel abandoned and still feel that you are. God still... I want to say to you, God still loves you. Lamentations is there to, to show us that in our grief, we can still have a sense of worship, even if I can't sing and my heart's not in it right now, as it were, because God is still here. And there is light in the midst of that dark uh, um, period of our lives. And in God's providence, in God's divine hand, he's given us this. And it, it was a, a time, a history, a context Israel had fallen, it's bleak, it's barren, it's, they were destitute. This would be 50 years of winter. The light would not shine until they were released back again. But, uh, and so we see there, and so the, the, um, the writer, the Jeremiah, talks about there how we can have our hope renewed. And this is the good news. Now, it might not feel like that right now, but th this is quite spectacular. And there's a few things that we're just going to look at just for a few moments and, um, you know, there's something here for you and me today so that we can realign our hearts with God and renew our hope. There's something here this morning, there's three things that we're going to look at in this few verses where we can realign our hearts with God and as we realign our hearts, we can renew our hope. And that's probably the key in the midst of a very dark time, period, season. Our society is going through quite dramatic Things The world is, and our society is going through some of those things as well. And so there's a number of things that we, we can see here. But, but first, you know, in realigning our hearts, we can renew our hope. But the first thing is this, and this is very important. The writer says, yet this I will call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Do you see that there? Yet this I will call to mind, and therefore I will have hope. Yet. What's the yet? Well, the yet is... Majority of this letter is bleak, yet, no matter how bleak, how dark, says Jeremiah, and the, the, I'm telling you, the Babylonians were nasty. They deported people. They took them out. It's a bit what the Russians are doing in Ukraine, taking people out of Ukraine. This is what the Babylonians did. They took the population away so that they couldn't rise up against them again. They deported, not only did they kill everybody, they took you away from your homeland as well. This was, a, they, Babylonians were bloodthirsty, highly sophisticated, but incredibly bloodthirsty. And uh, yet, this I will call to mind, and therefore I will have hope. You know, yeah. it takes a great deal of intention to recall God's goodness and to call upon God when you're feeling down. It does, doesn't it? it I mean, I, it does for me. I don't know about you. When I feel bleak, when I feel abandoned... When you feel lost, when you've had bad news and you've got bad news and all you're seeing is bad news. And in the midst of that, Jeremiah just seen the total destruction and annihilation of the southern kingdom and, the, and Jerusalem and deportation and, and, and barbarity and men and women and children killed, um, being torn apart. It was, it was an evil, evil, evil thing that was happening. He says, yet, in intentionally recalls the goodness of God over the nation of Israel and then calls upon the goodness. There's two things. Before we call upon God, there's a recalling of God. 
And for you and I, I don't know about you, but for me, the thing that really helps me is, and every day I do this, and it can get become a little bit, I suppose, a bit mechanical, but I, I endeavour to make sure that it's not mechanical. And every day I will say, God, you're so good to me. You've been good in my life. It's usually when I'm in the shower. Now, you don't want to picture that in the shower, right? <laughs> but it's usually when I'm, first things first. First things first for me is get up and have a shower immediately. But it's at that point I say, every morning, every morning, you've been so good. Now, I've got into that habit. I know it's a habit. It can be a bit mechanical. But I tell you what, there's the old hymn goes, count your blessings. Yeah. You know, those of you that love that hymn will say, yes, that's absolutely true. Count your blessings. But there's something about recalling. Israel recalled. This is something about the Jewish nation. They would continually recall the goodness of God through their, and they've gone through things like Holocaust. The Jewish people, they continually recall you know, Hanukkah is about light, you know, you know, the goodness of God. And, they rec- and so there's something about, and so he says, yet, but that's a very powerful but challenging thing to do. It takes great energy. It takes great courage for you to say, oh, God. But, it take, but it's that type of intention that begins to see that you're in a position to call. You can begin to call upon God. It... it it, it, it's, a, it's a chicken and egg type of thing. And, um, and with that, with that, and I think this is so important, and for you and I to muster renewed strength to recall, your God is good, your goodness. And look, if we're in a very bad place now, or you're, you're being worried or concerned about family and life at this moment, I'm sure for many you can recall the day you became a Christian. I recall the day I was swept into the kingdom of God. I recall the day, you know, that God changed my heart and life. I can recall answer to certain prayers in my life and in my, our finances and in being in Aberdeen and having two houses. We bought in Scotland. You bought, I've told this story. You buy a house. You buy a house and it's binding, but we didn't sell our house. And I tried to buy it and I ended up with two houses and I couldn't afford one of them. And I thought I was going to be in big trouble, finances. But God was amazing. It all got worked out and sold within weeks. And it, was, it all happened really quick. But God is amazing. God is amazing. But it takes great intention to recall. And to recall his goodness. To recall those things. And, whereas, and he says, and yet this I call to mind. And, and with the recalling and calling, he says, and therefore I have hope. Do you see that? The intention, the, and, and it just doesn't just happen. You, and I come back again and again with God who is a living God. It's coming back again. You fall down, get back up. It, you, 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 you lose the train of thought, then get back on track. Moments, I talk about moments of momentum, coming back again and again. You, you, you have a, a month where you've not been calling upon God. Come back a month later. You know, there's, there's some times in the day you don't feel like a Christian. Then, then you know, come back Come back again, come back again, come back again, come back again. And yet, I will call this to mind. And therefore, this is the big thing, you will regain hope. You'll have hope. You'll have an amazing, supernatural hope of God. And these, there's three things that, that come out of this. You'll see there. And, and, and this, he says, so I, what are the things that we can call to mind and call upon God? He says, and he says this, and this is one of them, okay? So there's three things, and this is one of them. It's not going to come up on screen, but uh, uh, because, yeah. Um, the first thing is this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. First thing is this. You'll see it in the text. 
because of the Lord's great love. So he says, I call to mind God, therefore I have hope. So I'm, I intentionally, what is the, one of those first things that he's calling upon? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. I know lots of people, I'm meeting lots of people that are being pulled apart by worry and work and you, you, you know, you're, doing the, you're doing three people's work because the people have been made redundant from your department. Uh, I, I hear, uh, you know, I'm, I'm married to a, a teacher that is in teaching profession, stressed out, all ready to give up, most teachers. Uh, nursing profession, GPs, we're told. We're told it's, a, it's across society, isn't it? There is a tremendous unravelling um, uh, it, it, and, but it appears there doesn't seem to be a respite. It seems to be a, like, a, like a, we're, we're, on a, we're on a runaway train. It seems to be exhilarating. Can't somebody say, stop, slow down all this stuff for a minute? And um, we're being consumed. We're being pulled apart. And, but he says this, and, and you know, what, what is you know, engulfing your life, running over your life? I'm meeting lots of people that are saying to me, you know, I don't have time to pray. I've got too much going on. You know, I don't have time for God. I, and, and we're being ripped apart and, and consumed by all sorts of stuff. The, the answer to that is, is coming back again and again to God. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, he says. I mean, this is incredibly important. You know, throughout the Old Testament, there's an idea where the banner of God's love was over his people. You'll find it again and again throughout the Old Testament. The name of God means like Banner of love. What one of the names of God it speaks about his banner of love uh, over his people. It's a bit like a canopy, a standard, a canopy of love over the Israelite nation. It's throughout the Old Testament. And he says, Jeremiah says, because of your great love, not consumed. There's a, your canopy, your standard of love. Sometimes, you know, with an army, when an army was under pressure, being pushed back, they make sure they could, in the old days, the Roman army would have a standard. And if that was standing, they'd rally to that. And they, they'd rally and they'd fight. And they'd, they, and, but if the standard fell, and in the Old Testament, the banner of God, the standard of God, the canopy of God is a love. It's over you and I. It's for us. It's with us. And it's, it's to see that and to come back to that. And, you know, in the midst of the melee of the battle in the, with an army, the Roman army, the standard was protected. The one who carried the Roman eagle, the standard, and other soldiers would stand around to make sure that standard was held high so that other soldiers could see that, that we're together. We're still here. We can still fight. We, we, and in the melee, they would come and stand and fight together in the midst where they couldn't see. And in the melee of your life and all that's going on, God's love is, is held high. It's over us. And it's causing us to cool and look, look again at him, to come back to him and to look upon him. It's hard when you're going through a hard time. But when you're fighting, the Romans would see that the eagle was still standing. And they just continue. Gives us the strength to see that God is alive in our hearts and lives. And this is again and again. He says, because of your great love, we are not consumed. Jesus said in the New Testament, Jesus said, my peace I give you. That's incredible. Jesus actually tangibly gives his, his, his totality of peace. I don't know about you, but deep down inside, every day, for me, I want, I want the peace of God. I want the love of God, know the love of God. I want to be known. I want to know God and God to know me. And that be my, my, my bedrock, my strength, my sustenance. 
not, not in what other people say, not what circumstance is doing around me. Again and again, I come back to that. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world, but take courage, I've overcome the world. Isn't that amazing? The love of God, the banner of love, the standard of his love throughout the Old and New Testament. So, and so we see, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. If you're feeling consumed right now, and, and many are, and in the melee of life, the battle of life, as it were, God is holding up his son, his standard of love. Look to him. Friends, this morning, look to God in the midst of what's going on. I, 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 that might not be easy, but look to him. Second thing that we see, excuse me for sniffling, I've still got the tail end of a cold, it's nearly gone. Second thing that we see is, it says, it goes on to say that, yet this I call to mind. And what does he call to mind? Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. And then he says the second thing, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Wow. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. That's incredible. I want to just unpack that for a second or two. They are new every morning. That is amazing. You know, God is a living God. So in other words, his compassion, his mercy, love, empathy, never fail. His compassion is his mercy, his love is empathy. I think everybody wants to love. Empathy, mercy. You need to know that in our hope, in our hearts and lives. And the writer says that never fail. They are new. They are new every morning. Every morning. Let, let, let's just repeat that together. Shall we, can we just say, they're new every morning. Shall we just do that a couple of times? I know it's one of them things you think, oh no, don't do that. I don't want to be doing that because I'm like it when I'm sitting there. I think, oh. But let, you know, let's hear our own voices just for a minute and to speak to my own soul. They are new every morning. Shall we do it together? They are new every morning. A couple of times. They are new every morning. Let's tell my soul one last time. They are new Every morning. Now, this isn't over-triumphalism because we all break. But tell our soul, the psalmist, the writer in Lamentations rather says, they are new every morning. You see, God is a living God. He's not just an idol. He's not dead and buried. Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. This is the good news. Otherwise, it isn't good news, is it? If he's, if he's still dead, it's not good news. It's a bit of news, but it's not very good. It's just like, oh, a bit of religion, but that's not going to do much good. But he's alive. Now, we don't have to wait for Easter, and you know that, and I know that, and we tell my soul. I have to tell my soul that. I just have to tell my soul that. I know what I'm like as a person. But God is the living God. That's how things can be new every morning, because he's alive. He is alive. This is what kept the disciples energized. Those early disciples were battered, bruised, and beaten, and they were energized by the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. And they believed it and experienced it in their own hearts and their own very lives. You know, um, but not only is, you know, God the living God, but his spirit makes everything alive in you and me. The Holy Spirit makes everything alive. So God is the living God and he's active and present and alive today, right now. As he was then, he is now and he will be. So God is living and active. But his Holy Spirit in and through our hearts and lives brings his life into our own very experience that you can feel alive. 
Think alive. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the, Paul says in the uh, book of Romans, chapter 12, so that we can become alive. Uh, we've used the word we can be renewed. Sometimes we need, you know, when, when I don't know about you, but I, things don't always stay shiny and new. Life in life, things don't stay shiny and new. The day I became a Christian, the next day the sky seemed bluer and the sun seemed brighter. It was a bizarre, amazing experience. Everything seemed clear in life. At 20 years of age, I thought, this is incredible. This is if I woke up. Well, I had spiritually woke up. But I was made new. That's why. But I don't know about you, as time goes by, the shininess becomes a bit dull. And my life gets bogged down with this and that. And, and before long, by degrees, you know, I'm, I can be, let's be honest, I can be almost a bit far off from God. No, he's not slid away, I'm not saying that. But he's over there, miles away. And it can feel like that, can't it? And so he renews. And so you and I need to be renewed. In other words, make fresh, to be revived Make alive. And so when he says they're new every morning, he can revive us, make us alive every morning. Every morning. Or he can make it fresh, renew. So he can revive and renew every morning, every day. That's incredible. You might not feel like that. That's not the point. But he can. He says they are new. That's the hope. That's the good news. They're new. All things made new every morning. That's incredible. That's amazing. A man called Woodrow Kroll said, God who made us can also remake us. The God who made us can also remake us. They are new. Your mercy, your kindness, your love, I can experience this fresh, renewed, alive. Sometimes when I read the Bible, you can read the Bible and you think, oh, I'm just, I've read this. And other days you can read the Bible and it jumps out the page. There are verses that I've read. I've been a Christian, something like, Gosh, 30, no. That's a long time. Because it's, 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 I can't, I'll remember later. I'm not going to go over it. But uh, it's been a long while. And there's certain verses I've read again and again. You think, I've read that. And there are other times when I read a verse that I've read hundreds of times and it jumps out the page alive. That's the Holy Spirit. And so for you and I, as we read the Bible, as we, we worship and sing the songs, as we pray uh, our prayer, it can be like, oh, I've done this. But ask, I ask the Holy Spirit, I say, thank you, God, you're so good to me. And I say, Holy Spirit, renew me. That every, every day in the shower. Don't picture that, but every day. <laughs> finally, thirdly and finally, new. So he says there, so he says, and with this we'll come to a conclusion. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. So that's one reason for hope. Second reason is that we are new, his mercy and compassion is new every morning. And thirdly, you'll see it in the text there, he says, great is your faithfulness. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Goes on, if you read that passage a bit further on, so much so that I'll wait for you. I'll wait upon you and wait for you. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness is lasting loyalty, trustworthiness in a relationship. If you talk about someone's being faithful, you know, a faithful person, a faithful relationship, it's lasting loyalty, trustworthiness. These are things that people really want today. More than ever, they want faithfulness, loyalty, trust. God is a God of faithfulness. That's who he is and what he does. It's because it's who he is. I don't know about you and I, I it's not who I am. I, I seek to be faithful. 
under the hand of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. But God is faithful. That's who he is. That's incredible. That's exactly who he is. He can do nothing else but be. That's who God is. And then he is faithful. And so faithfulness is lasting loyalty, trustworthy in relationships. It's being true to your one's commitment. Being true. So it's an idea of lasting, trustworthiness, true. It's being dedicated, steadfast. And so when he says, great, this is a, a, a revelation for Jeremiah. Great. I mean, look. Everything's destroyed. They're going to go into 50-year captivity. And he said, but this is my hope. Great. I declare great over the whole millennia, over 3,000 years of Israel, whatever it was by that time when he's, when he's speaking. It's probably, I don't know, 3,000 or 4,000 years. The, the hand of God upon, upon Israel, the Israelite people, you know, 50 years, it's a long time for me. It is, you know, and you. But over the whole millennia, it's incredible. He says, so God's loyalty, his trustworthiness, he can be trusted. God could, you know, look, I hope, I, I strive to be trusted, right? So I'm not saying I'm a person that can't be trusted, but I can't be trusted. Do you know what I mean? So don't take this out of context now. Someone will hear this and say he can't be trusted. But what I'm just going to say now is, that's how things get taken out of context. But I can be trusted, but I can't be trusted. Do you know what I mean? I'm human. How about having a God who can be totally, what he says he does, he'll do. That's amazing. He rose from the dead just as he said he would. He said, I'm coming back for you. He's true to what he says. But we need a revelation of that. I need a revelation of that. That's why I need to come before him again and again and again to get that revelation, a fresh revelation, new every morning. I challenge you. I encourage you again and again. God says this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Probably Paul, writing in Hebrews, coins that from the Old Testament. He brings to the people, don't worry about money and things and stuff around you. God, God is sustenance for us. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, that's in Hebrews 13. Jesus promised his disciples, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, verse 20. There's lots of verses about the trustworthiness and the faithfulness of God and his son, Jesus Christ, and the person of the Holy Spirit. I am with you always, even to the end of the world, the end of the age, when all things are made new on the return, the second coming of Jesus. And so no wonder he says, because yet I will call to mind. What does he call to mind? He calls to mind, because of your great love, I'm not consumed. His banner of love, the standard of love. He calls to mind that his compassion is new. And so there's, a, there's a something on us to be renewed day to day tomorrow, to come again fresh, fresh bread, fresh worship, fresh heart. And finally, recall the greatness of his faithfulness. It's great. It's vast. Not just great as in good, jolly good. It's really good. It's really great, you know. But vast as the universe is the faithfulness of almighty God. Let's pray together. God bless you. I'm just conscious. That's great. And I, you know, so how could, so we can renew our hope. Come to God. Come to God today. Afresh, this morning, will we give our hearts and our lives, our hopes and aspirations, put our lives in God's hands? If you do,
you'll never regret it. Oh, you'll have some days where you'll trip up. There'll be days when you will fall flat on your face. I do, but I never regret giving my life to him. There is my hope. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We give you our hearts and lives in the name of Jesus. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May your faithfulness be as vast and wide as the ocean, deep as the ocean, vast and wide as the universe. And I pray, Father God, that people will begin to experience and feel and know your goodness, your compassion, your mercy, your hope, your faithfulness, your love. May we not be consumed by circumstance and the darkness that is around us, but may there be a flicker of light, of hope, of love, of the presence of Jesus for everybody that is here today, Father, as we reach out to you. Father, I want to confess that I am not always new. I don't wake up in the morning new. I don't sometimes come before you renewed in heart, my life. And I feel that my faith can sometimes feel a bit worn and I feel worn out. But today, I give my life afresh and acknowledge that you are the living God. So Holy Spirit, would you come alive in me and alive in us? Would you make the Bible, the Word of God, the Old and New Testament, jump at the page again? Would you give me fresh intention, courage, unction, ability to just call upon you? I recall your goodness. You did it then, Lord. You can do it again. You've saved me. You've helped me. You've took me out of a pit. You've helped me out of a jam. I've come through dark times. If I did it then, you can do it again. Recall your goodness and say, thank you. Now do it again, Lord. Do it again today, we pray, in the wonderful name of Jesus. We ask, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.